0: So back in nineteen eighty no blah blah, nineteen eighty six. One young but still looking old, <laughs> Alan Moore came up with the storyline. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A beard was a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making Alan, I'll make. I'll make. I'll make fun of Alan Moore and have him come after me. I don't care. Ugh. He hates everything anyways. <laughs> You're attempting
1: a bad face. Isn't man. this
0: the, the second time we've done an Alan Moore story?
1: Oh my goodness! Yeah.
0: Was Kraven's last hunt? No, no, that
1: was uh, an annoying writer, J.M. Demetis. That's right. Um, We did Watchmen, but did we record that?
0: We didn't. So there you go. What? <laughs> the lost episodes of Imagine If. <laughs> the lost tapes. <laughs> so a young Alan Moore of 1986 came up with a storyline where he said, You know what? You're doing all these weird things with Superman. I don't want any of that. I want my Superman. Uh, and you know what I'm going to do with him? I'm going to kill him. <laughs> I'm going to kill him so you can't know. destroy my story. I have to give you the real history. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> That's not the real history. That's the unwritten history. You come to me for the truth. I'm about to give you some truth here. All right, okay. folks. What we're doing here is we're talking about uh, Superman, whatever happened to the man of tomorrow. Written by On War in 1986. And I will give you the comic book historian to finish out the rest of the story.
1: All right. So here we go. Okay, so. 1985, DC Comics starts off with Crisis of Infinite Earths. It's the big 50th anniversary of the DC Comics company, and basically they realize they need to clean house, because if a new fan picks up a comic book, they're going to see one minute Superman is old with gray streaks in his hair, and he's part of the JSA, and then they're going to see him in another book where he's part of the JLA, and he's all young and crisp, 1980s fresh. So what's going on? Well, DC needed to clean it up, and they did. Now, longtime editor Julie Schwartz, and Julie Schwartz—if we think Stan Lee is amazing, Julie Schwartz is the man you don't know nothing about, and it's a shame. <laughs> no, he is. I—the more you can learn about Julie Schwartz, the better off you'll be for it. So, anyways, Julie Schwartz—he is—he's the reason why we have comic books. Uh, he was the editor who came up with the idea of saying, "Hey, let's bring back the Flash," but. I don't want it to be Jay Garrick, and I want it to be a new costume. Just keep the powers and let's go. And boom, showcase number four hits, and it strikes like lightning. <laughs> so that's the birth of the Silver Age, which in turn leads to you know Justice League, which in turn leads to Fantastic Four, which is the Marvel Age of Comics. So anyways, by this point in Julius's career, um, he is the editor of the Superman comics. By the way, quick little tidbit. May the Schwartz Be With You, is actually
0: dedicated to Julie Schwartz. Schwartz. Wow, Julie was, Schwartz and Mel, Bl- Mel Brooks was uh, were good friends, huh? Uh,
1: yeah, well, uh, Julie Schwartz was a big sci-fi guy. Big sci-fi geek. He loved the superheroes, but he loved science fiction even more.
0: Thus, so, uh, Legion of Superheroes.
1: Yep, and all that crazy space stuff. Adam Strange, Man of Two Worlds, all that stuff. Alright, so anyways, so... Uh Julie's sitting down, and he, he comes up with this idea, and he says, you know what? My last two issues of Superman and Action Comics, I think I know what I'm going to do. They're going to be the last issues of Superman. So he actually goes, and he finds the original writer of Superman. Now, I always mess this up, but I think it's Jerry Siegel. Jerry Siegel and Joe Shuster? Yeah, Joe Shuster. Shuster Writer. I think. Well, he went to the writer, and I feel bad. I should. <laughs> who's the first president? Oh, you know. But so, anyways. So he goes to one of them, the original writer, and he says, "Hey, I want you to write the last Superman story." And of course, he's like, "Yeah, I'd love to. This is going to be fantastic." But due to stupid legal things, he's not allowed to write it. Mm-hmm. So at San Diego Comic Con, nineteen eighty-five or whatever. Probably when Julie you could still Schwartz. just do it yeah. by walking up yeah. to the you can walk up and be like what's going on it's a comic book convention eh I'll pass here's no five we bucks. need people we'll let you in for free <laughs> so anyways so Julie Schwartz is there and you know Alan Moore is there and they just decide hey let's have breakfast together so they're sitting down at some restaurant and Julie's lamenting his problem he's like oh man I gotta. I got this story, and I got no way to write it. And that's when Alan Moore claims he literally stands up and grabs Julie Schwartz and is shaking him, saying, I will kill you to write this story. So you're almost true. You're (laughs) almost right. He didn't try to kill Superman at first. He started with Julie. So anyways, uh, Julie had to do it. And it's like, well, why not? I mean, at the time, you know, Alan Moore is just insane. You know, he is... He is the big deal <laughs> at in <comics>. the time? <laughs> <laughs> well, those stories were vital, you know. Those stories were very vital. I mean, he, you know, this Mr. Miracle phenomenon, um, he had written two other Superman stories, the one with super or the one with thing with swamp thing and the fever and
0: the man who has
1: everything, so
0: it's Which you know, is important nowadays because we just saw it rehappen in uh, Supergirl. That's right, I forgot about the that. The Black, De- Black Mercy. The Black Mercy, yeah. So he's,
1: you know, he was, he, was, he was quite a good writer. <laughs> and uh, so Julie's happy. His problem's gone. He's got a great writer on it. And now it's finally time to put the Earth-1 pre-crisis Superman. It's time to give him his due. Try and put him to bed.
0: Yep. So, uh, what were the numbers of the, of the Superman comics again? It was Superman and Action Comics... So we had part one
1: was Superman issue 423, and Action Comics number 583. Now I know what you're thinking, fans at home, but DC Comics are only on issue 50, are only on issue 49. Don't worry, this is back when we used to comble- when we used to believe in one volume <laughs> as opposed to volume seven issue
0: one. And don't worry, we'll be getting back to that numbering soon enough. Yeah, one thousand's back on the radar, baby. <laughs> Okay, so in the storyline, go ahead and give us the gist of it. What, what happens? So basically, we're, we're at a point where it, it, it opens
1: up, and it's several years into the future, in the 1986 future. So this is, you know, where we have flying DeLoreans, we still believe. <laughs> and uh, it opens up, and it's a beautiful little... Let me, Let me read this right up to you. So the opening lines are, This is an imaginary story, which may never happen, but then again, may. About a perfect man who came from the sky and did only good. It tells of his twilight, when the great battles were over and the great miracles long since performed, of how his enemies conspired against him, and of that final war in the snow blind waste beneath the northern lights, of the women he loved and of the choices he made between them, of how he broke his most sacred oath, and how finally all the things he had were taken from him, save for one. It ends with a wink. It begins in a quiet midwestern town one summer afternoon in the quiet midwestern future. Away in the big city, people still sometimes glare up, hopefully from the sidewalks, glimpsing a distant speck in the sky. But no, it's only a bird, only a plane. Superman died ten years ago. This is an imaginary story. Aren't they all? <laughs> Goes well, along with us, because yeah. we're here to imagine if. That is that is probably yeah one of the seminal tales of... Why we have a non-paying job that we do? <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, um, so give us some of the, the bullet points. What first thing that happens is Clark so right off the or, bat, well, well, actually,
1: you've got a, biz, a Bizarro going on rampage, and he comes to the clu- conclusion. And he says, "Superman alive, me imperfect clone, me dead," and kills himself. And it's like, this isn't Silver Age goodness. What <laughs> just happened? <laughs> One day at the Daily Planet offices, this big jack-o'-lantern pops out, and it's Pete Ross, dead, murdered, and he's killed by the prankster and the, 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 The the, the, the toy man. And it's like, but those guys were more annoying than anything. They're not killers. And, you know, this was an age where that's exactly the truth. So Superman starts thinking to himself, he's like... Well, not only did they... Oh, yeah, that's right. Not only did they kill P. Ross, they killed Clark Kent because they exposed the secret identity. Right there in front of the cameras because yep. Daily Planet was doing a new show also. Yep. Oh. GBS Communications had the Daily Planet and the television there. Clark Kent was an anchorman at the time, so yeah, that's right. So Clark Kent's identity is exposed, so it's to a point where it's like, well, I can't, you know, no <laughs> point wearing the glasses anymore, right? <laughs> and... Um, So anyways, that's when, you know, Superman realizes, okay, something's going on, something massive is happening. So he takes his friends, uh, Perry White and his wife, Jimmy Olsen, Lois Lane, Lana Lang. He takes them all to his northern fortress of solitude up in the Antarctic, and, you know, he's realizing that, okay, you know, something something big is going to happen. And eventually it does. All of a sudden, this big dome appears above the fortress. Nobody can get in. So you have all the superheroes outside. You know, Green Lantern's hitting it with a giant fist. Batman's throwing batarangs at it. You know, <laughs> he's hoping for that right speck. And nobody can get in there. And then all of a sudden, we have the Legion of Super-Villains appears. Um, Luther and Brainiac have merged into one. The Kryptonite Man. Just all these deadly super-menaces are right there. And Superman has one moment, the the legion of superheroes arrives, and it's a somber, you know, meeting and Superman knows something's wrong. And it's also a a bittersweet meeting because at that point in publication, Supergirl just died. So Superman's aware of this. And here's a young, hopeful little Supergirl. And she's like, Oh, I guess I must be off on an adventure somewhere since I'm allowed to be here. And it's like, (laughs) Oh, if only you knew what that adventure was, the final frontier. Um, So anyways, the Legion, they give him a statue, and they cheat because they're from the future, so they can't tell you everything, but it's okay. They give him this statue, and it shows uh, Superman in this weird pose holding up the the Phantom Zone projector. And so then they take off, and Superman realizes, all right, you know, things are going to get crazy. And he has this great conversation with Perry White, and... You know, all of a sudden he realizes that, you know, I, I, I made some mistakes. I, I wish I had done something more with, you know, my life. Um, you know, what, what, what could I have done? Or, sorry, no, the Perry White conversation doesn't happen yet. The Legion, they give him the statue, <clears throat> and he, you know, he's he's kind of ticked off at Brainiac 5 because he's like, look, you're really smart, you know better, you know, why aren't you helping me, what's going on? And then so they're like, basically take the statue don't worry we're helping you and then they leave and then it's it's an amazing panel it just shows superman sitting there in his fortress of solitude amongst all his trophies and he's crying and kryptos right at his feet oh just such a beautiful sad image so that ends part 1 part 2 opens now it's the action you know so nobody's getting into the fortress of solitude and by the way this is all framework with an interviewer coming to interview Lois Lane and we find out she's now Lois Elliot Right, and
0: so she's recounting the last days of to, Superman to Tim Crane, who's a, a reporter for the Daily Planet he's saying uh look uh it's it's the ten year anniversary of Superman's death. Can you reaccount for the last few days of his of his life because we know that you and Clark Kent had a relationship, and we know that Clark Kent was Superman so We'll go ahead and uh, tell us what how, how what you perceived of those last few days since it is the anniversary.
1: Uh, right. Well, there you go. Nice. Nice. <laughs> you got the reporter's name. I like it. <laughs> so anyway, so uh, Superman and his friends have to stop all the menaces. So Jimmy exposes himself to the gold so he can be stretchy. Uh, Lana bathes in these mysterious waters and she's almost like a superwoman-esque person. <laughs> so they go out there and they start fighting the villains they basically snap Luther's neck but it's okay because Brain are they yeah they snap Luther's neck but Brainiac still can control the synapses so he's doing everything he can um, so the Brainiac kills Jimmy and then all of a sudden the the, the legion of supervillains they electrocute Lana by taking away her superpowers so now she's killed Jimmy is dead and you know this sends Superman off into a rampage so we have this the the sad moment in the book too where Crypto sees the kryptonite man and he knows this is going to be bad and he just runs over there and mauls the kryptonite man to death. But in doing so, he winds up killing himself
0: cuz kryptonite is just as deadly to crypto as it is to
1: Superman. Yep, so it kills him and then once once Superman can tell all that, you know, it's like wait a minute, I can't see Jimmy, I can't see Lana. He just heard Crypto scream, and then Lightning Lord is joking. He's like, oh, ha, 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 you know, uh, why not throw me the woman so I can fry her the way I fried your other girlfriend? And he's talking about Lois, but he's talking about how he killed Lana. And then that just sends Superman to a point where he's like, you hurt Lana? And he sends this hate vision that just burns off a portion of Lightning Lord's arm. And he's like, Oh, let's get the hell out of here. (laughs) So the Legion of Supervillains, they just flee. And then Luther, eventually, the body's beyond dead. Brainiac separates, dies in the snow. And that's when Superman realizes, wait a minute. <coughs> Sorry. There's something bigger at stake here. And that's when Mr.
0: Mizzyplick appears. And he's like, oh, yeah, <laughs> it was me. You know, this whole time I was just manipulating things. I manipulated you know? everything behind the scenes to get you to this one point, And then he exposes himself for his... Instead of the, the version of the. I mean, Mr. McNixie split that we usually see with the funny little turt. Cute little midget with a derby on his head. Derby
1: hat, yeah. Now he's, you know, this evil demi goblin from the fifth dimension. And he looks it. Oh, yeah, he's just brutal looking. And then now all of a sudden, Superman's got to fight this thing. And luckily he has the statue. And then all of a sudden he's like, wait, it makes sense. So he grabs the Phantom Zone projector and, you know, boom, he just appears all of a sudden and... You know, Mixie sees Superman. He's like, ah, there you are. Time to die, I think. And Superman's like, that's right, Mixelplik. Time to die. And then finally Mixie realizes what's going to happen. And he says his name backwards, shooting himself to the fifth dimension. But meanwhile, he's also hit by the rays of the the Phantom Zone. And it just rips him to shreds. Torn between two dimensions, just shredded. And that's when Superman realizes, like, I can't. I can't do it. I I broke my code, my solemn oath. I, I can't do it. So he walks into the gold kryptonite chamber and, you know, with a smile, with a somber smile on his face, he walks in realizing that he'll lose his powers. So all the other heroes show up and, you know, they take Lois and Perry White and his wife and they take him back home and that's how the story ends and they're like, well, did you ever find the body? Did you see anything? And, you know, Lois is like, no, I I don't think so. And, you know, she says even so, but as far as I'm concerned, Superman died in the Arctic. I was there. Notice so, the word Superman. <laughs> so the reporter's like, all right, well, that's a shame. And then, you know, here here's Johnny. Here comes Jordan Elliott bringing in little baby Johnny. And, you know, all of a sudden they're they're wishing the reporter off. They set little baby Johnny next to the fire. And he grabs a piece of coal and he's squeezing it. And we see little baby Johnny, Jonathan Kent. Jonathan little Ken- Johnny Jonathan Elliott. Elliot, yeah. You know, he squeezes out a diamond. And then all of a sudden you realize, wait a minute, Jordan Elliott. Jordan Elliott. jor L. Oh, his father's names will live on. And sure enough, you know, as Lois and, and Jordan are about to go to bed, you know, you see Jordan closing the door and he's doing that famous well, not Silver only, Age Superman wink.
0: I was going to say, not only that, it was, you think of uh, as Jonathan Elliott is also, it pays it pays homage to Jonathan Kent, but also uh, pre Crisis on Infinite Earth with uh, old or Golden Age Superman. His son's name was Joel, Joel Kent, Joel Jonathan L. Jonathan Elliot. Mm, that's a good little sign. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: there's so many like. Oh yeah, there's a there's lot of so, links yeah. and nods
0: to everything. Oh, I mean, God. do you think? I mean, so when she's telling this story to Tim Crane, does she tell them that, tell him it's a gold kryptonite room, or is that just a scene that it's a gold kryptonite room? Because you just say it's a kryptonite room, then everybody die- then Superman dies and Clark Kent dies. Maybe not everybody knows golden kryptonite just zaps him of his powers because for everybody else is supposed to know. Other than Lois Lane, Superman died.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's actually a good question. So let me flip through it real quick here. So let's see. In Lois's words the narration she says, "He turned and walked away in complete silence. I ran after him, calling his name." He didn't reply, and by the time I realized where he was heading, it was too late, and then for us, the reader, we see the door marked, gold kryptonite, sample storage chamber, keep out. And she says, as he walked into the blinding golden light, he turned and looked back over his shoulder. He smiled at me, and I never saw Superman again. So, you know, she's implying it with the golden light, so maybe it is, maybe But she also
0: might have just said kryptonite room.
1: Oh, but uh, here we go, actually, and then... And she says they found me outside the locked gold kryptonite chamber, weeping.
0: Hmm. So that's so interesting. That, that you know, maybe people just don't know that what gold kryptonite does.
1: Yeah. So that could be that could be something. Who knows? You know. Um, but yeah. So that was how we said goodbye to the Earth One <laughs> pre-crisis Superman. Superman. And it's funny because the Earth Two pre-crisis Superman, he got to go live in infinity with his Lois Lane. Uh, Superboy from Earth Prime and Luth, uh, L- Alexander Luther from Earth Three, right. and they got to live there until finally we saw
0: them resurge in Infinite Crisis. And, and then Alexander Luther from Earth Three shows up in, uh, uh, isn't that what the Crime Syndicate the the story that we well, yeah this I new just one the, yeah the, the uh, Forever Evil was so, that Forever Evil yeah okay yeah so and he's he, not a good guy in that.
1: No, oh, there was never any chance
0: that, yeah, he was the evil Shazam, Mazaz, backwards. <laughs> Which is so weird, and this, I know this is going off on a tangent, but it's so weird that Owlman or, or Ultraman makes fun of Black Adam for saying Shazam to get his powers, and he even mocks the word Shazam when he has a guy on his earth that says Mazaz to get powers. <laughs> well, see how we're making fun of Mazaz, <laughs> like, that sounds stupid, <laughs>
1: meanwhile on... You know, if imagine on Earth (laughs) three with Evil Mitch and Chris, they're
0: like where they just deconstruct stories. Like that's so stupid. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. So then the challenge you put you put forth between for the both of us is to basically tell this story, but using Spider Man, Peter Parker as the as the I don't know. You can't. I, I wouldn't say he's not the Man of Tomorrow. The well the, basically the yeah. spider of webs. <laughs> so I threw it I, I threw it out
1: there. I said, you know, whatever happened to the web webs or the webbed web slinger. The right? web slinger. Yeah. So whatever happened to the you know the webs the amazing web slinger. Okay, there you go. And know. so, you know, it's basically like, all right, you know, let's say you were in charge and you were the
0: one coming up with the final adventure of Peter Parker. How would you have done So it? you're saying, I was at Comic-Con 1984. And Alan and Moore shook you. <laughs> All night whoever long. The, whoever the, the editor at D, at Marvel at that time took me out to breakfast yep. and said, Would you like to write the last story of Spider-Man? <laughs> He's complaining
1: how he can't get Stan Lee to write it. That's what you were
0: shaking them, saying, I need to
1: write this!
0: <laughs> Fair enough. So... You threw out the challenge. I will. I will throw out my first reveal of, of my char- of one of my characters. Uh, since we have it's Spider Man, I will say the reporter that is coming to um, interview. Uh, I put Mary Jane at this point. I agree. Yeah, okay. no, that makes sense. I mean, I I don't know if. Gwen Stacy had died in 1985 yet she was yeah, she was dead she was already dead okay She's so, very dead. so Mary Jane is was the one that was uh married to spider-man at that time and he uh, a young cub reporter of the name of Phil orric the the nephew to Ben Oric.
1: yeah nice
0: you know and and if you know your spider-man comics he eventually does become a character in himself he's a, a green goblin Yep, but the good green goblin Yep. <laughs> so not that good and Green Goblin should ever go together, but he is. But he game, is. He found honest. a suit. He found a glider. Yeah, he found a but purpose. He, but he f- he fought crime yeah. instead of committing crimes uh, for so a fi- while. For a while, Until so he went crazy, right? Yep, yep. And then he became a bad guy because Green brand goblins new day. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you do. because brand new day. <laughs> <laughs> so Phil Warwick is is uh, my reporter. Did all right, you, I did like you that. come up with a reporter?
1: Honestly, I, I you know I I play off with a little bit of a you know. I had um, Steve Lee okay. come in to interview, which is a throwback to Stan, Stan Lee and Steve Ditko. Nice. I like so I it. Just, I it's, thought it would be a cute little,
0: you know. Yeah, because Tim, Tim Crane isn't a character that actually exists. Yeah, he's. I, I don't know. I'd be interested to find out what does that name mean, you know? What does that mean? True. It could have been like Alan Moore's Friends or something as a,
1: yeah. as a child. <laughs> Uh, Mitch Papaya comes to interview. <laughs> <laughs> there's my little shout out.
0: <laughs> so at the beginning of my story, uh, Spider-Man or or Peter Parker working at the Daily Bugle gets a gets rep- hits. There's reports that uh, uh, Z- Venom is is robbing a bank, you know, and so he uh, he dons the webs, shoots over there, and expecting to see a bunch of destruction and and death and everything, you just see. Um, What's uh, who's inside? Brock? No, Eddie Brock. Yeah, that's yep. right. Eddie Brock is just sitting there. There is destruction around him, but he's just he's contemplating. He, he he doesn't understand what 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 he's done with his life. He had all the best intentions, and they've not gone nowhere. And at that point, he kills himself. Ooh, because being a good Catholic, he you know he he, he didn't yeah. he didn't amount to what he was supposed to with with this venom suit. So
1: suicide's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but I like it because he. He did that. I mean, that's right. comic canon. You know, that's why he has the Venom suit. Mm-hmm. No, I like that though. I like that. All teasing aside, but I like that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who did you come up with your Bizarro?
1: Well, so for me, so I started off. You know, we we've got a you know Peter Parker's fresh off the job. You know, he's got two rolls of film to go develop. That's right, kids. Back in the day, you used to have to develop pictures. <laughs> so my reporter comes over to Mary Jane, Mary Jane's house. And I was torn on a last name, and I thought about Riley, but I don't think it works as well, so I'm going to go with Mary Jane Murdoch. Really? Yep, Mary Jane Murdoch. So he he knocks on the door, and he's like, hi, is this Mary Jane Watson Parker? And she's like, oh, that used to be me. I'm Mary Jane Murdoch. Okay, so she's, you know, the same thing. It's ten years after the death of Spider-Man. And so she says, yeah, I remember when it all started going down. And so there's a big situation going on. And there's a Spider-Man on a rampage. And it's like, wait, what? You know, so Peter Parker hears this at the Daily Bugle, you know, drops his film and runs over there. And now we have a Spider-Man fighting a Spider-Man. Because it's a clone. This
0: is the Spider-Clone. Right, you know? there's so, a whole saga of clones.
1: Yep, yeah, so, you know, and, and, and this so is one... It cl- is it Kane? Um, no, this would actually be... This is just straight up, like, it, it's it's... Because, again, this is, you know, 1986, so we didn't have a lot of those characters. But we did have the spider clone. So this one would just be that. It's, it's a spider clone, and, you know, it's it's basically a mouthpiece for the jackal, you know. And so all of a sudden, you know, we see that Spider-Man take its mask off. And that's how we get the exposure of the secret identity, too. Ooh. So all of a sudden, you know, here's this Peter Parker clone, and it takes off its mask. And, you know, it just kind of, like, dissolves, melts, you know, because it's a clone and spider-man's sitting there and everybody's kind of looking and they're like that was a weird coincidence and you know so that's that's how we have that death so the, the the clone reveals itself to be peter parker and kills itself and then it's like okay but you know luckily you know J jonah jameson's like ah you know this is bull crap you know who really cares And so that's what I would have had. That would have been mine. I just straight up use a Spider clone, and it throws it out there. And that's where the – basically because the Jackal – the Jackal always kind of maybe had like a bit of a gentleman's agreement. You know, even though he knew it was Peter Parker, he never put that identity out there. And this time he's really baiting him. Mm -hmm. He's really baiting him. So that's going to be that opening salvo.
0: So that's that part. Did you want me to keep going, or did you want to go from there? I'll go from there since you did the reveal of Spider-Man. Yep. Um, So – uh, and I, I forgot to give my... Mary Jane is, is Mary Jane Franklin, but... Oh, nice! We'll get to that. So we have... Uh, you have the prankster and Toy Man are the ones that reveal to the world that Superman is Clark Kent or Clark Kent is Superman. In that storyline, you have the two boxes. You have the, the small boxes of the of the toy Supermans that shoot the lasers and, and take, take out Clark Kent's suit, which shows the Superman suit underneath. And then you have the big box that has... Uh, Pete Ross in it correct yep, yep. Pete Ross exactly. which is a friend of Superman's and probably the one another person that knew who uh, Superman was or that Clark Kent is Superman so in mine you have Peter Parker making it back to the Daily Bugle right there in the bullpen and you have uh, Robbie Roberts comes up to him and he starts talking to him and then all of a sudden multiple Spider-Mans show up around him just a bunch of Spider-Mans everywhere and uh, comes to reveal that it's uh, Mysterio. Mysterio has thrown one of his uh, illusions around and causing havoc for, for Spider-Man. But it's Peter Parker right now. You know what I mean? Right. He's, he's in his Peter Parker suit. So from there, uh, the, he has to start fighting because all these people are in danger. Yeah. And his, his spider senses are going crazy. So as he's doing all this, he's jumping around. However, no one else sees the spider mans It's just him oh. jumping around in the bullpen, doing Spider-Man stuff in his wow. Peter Parker outfit.
1: Nice.
0: And once you get to uh, like the reveal of of uh, that he's actually on top of he's on a ceiling and there's no one around. You get Robbie Robertson who's sitting next to a closet, opens up the closet door, and the real Robbie Robertson falls out. And the Robbie Robertson that's been talking to him is actually the Chameleon. Ooh. So the prankster and the toy man have been taken over by the Mysterio and, and the Chameleon.
1: I like that. All right. To cool. expose
0: Peter Parker as, oh. as but the Spider-Man. harsh
1: part, we lose Robbie.
0: Right. He's dead.
1: Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. All right. So my my twist on that. All right. So there's there's still doubt. You know, it's like, well, maybe Peter Parker's not Spider Man. So that's when the second group of villains are kind of torped. They're like, really, he didn't get exposed. Son of a gun. So, all of a sudden, Spider Slayers come in. This little package for Peter Parker busts open with little Spider Slayers going after people in the bullpen. So, Spidey, Peter Parker has no choice. I gotta do it. I gotta save my friends. I gotta save these people. So, Alistair Smythe is the one who puts out, you know, that that puts out the little tiny toys that force Peter into action. So, costume be damned. You know, he's jumping around and of course his clothes get burned and decimated and we see that, you know, there he is fighting crime in an unmasked spidey suit. So there's no doubt now. You know, he was suspect, now there's no doubt. Now the sad part, the big box with a big old spider on it. All right. You know, and Spidey's spider senses of course going nuts, but he's gotta open it anyways. And he opens it and comes to find Flash Thompson inside.
0: Ooh, yep. childhood friend. Yep, I figure like that's Pete the Ross. next
1: the best thing, the Pete Ross. And in that happening, who set that up? That was Mysterio. <laughs> Except this time, it is not. Yeah, I, I was laughing. There's going to be some parallels, I'll bet. But I was laughing because, you know, this Mysterio is finally, like, he's playing for real. Mm-hmm. So this is where we have, like, they kind of had the last stand of the Daily Bugle. And I'm going to tie that in with, um, oh, what was his name? The... Um, Metallo, but mm-hmm. this is where Mysterio totally does it, and he's got the Daily Bugle is just falling floor by floor by floor by floor. So Pete's got to do the ultimate hustle here. He's got to take all these people out of there and and save them all. Wow! And so now the Daily Bugle's destroyed, and of course, you know, J. Jonah Jameson is like, "You freaking menace! This is all your fault, Peter Parker. I took you in as my son," and you know he just gives him the thrashing of his life. So that's how I would have had that parts play out. So, of course, you know, Pete does it. He beats the crap out of Alistair Smite, beats the crap out of Mysterio, and throws him away. Now, if you're keeping count, that's three villains.
0: Why? <laughs> because something sinister might happen when we get to six. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, my next thing is, is the the Luther Brainiac merge. Uh, is that where you want to go next, or did you have something No, we can, no, we can definitely we can go there next. So, in my... Um, in mine, instead of Luther mer- merging with Brainiac, you have uh, Norman. You know, finally, f- ultimately frustrated with not with Green Goblin, uh, you know, persona not being enough to take out Spider-Man for good, he, se- he seeks out one uh, uh, Cletus Clay Cassidy. Cassidy. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, Cletus, Cletus Cassidy. Cassidy. So yeah. he he finds the Carnage symbiote. Symbi- symbi- and he merges with Oh, that. my God. That's <laughs> sickening. Wow. Good creation right there. Holy <laughs> points.
1: Wow. That's a twisted mofo of a character. I like it. I like it. All right. So for me, in an abandoned warehouse somewhere, we see a mysterious figure enter into a green goblin lair. And these green goblin lairs haven't been used in a while because, you know, at that point, Norman was dead. Mm-hmm. Um and then, I, I, I'm not 100% sure, but I think I think Harry was the Green Goblin, but I'm not using him for this. Okay. You know, I'm not going to use him until a little bit later. So, we have this mysterious figure, and I can't tell you who it is, because that's going to play later, but he walks in there and he says, alright, I've got some good stuff here. This is going to be really good at hiding who I am. So, that's how I'm playing that
0: one. Oh. So, this is character number four in terms of my <laughs> villains. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't have anything until, until Supergirl shows up again, so if you want to keep, keep going with yours. Well, like I said, so then in the big story,
1: we had the whole you know, fall of the Daily Planet, so that's where I had my fall of the Daily Bugle. So then, <clears throat> now all of a sudden, that's when, we, that when Peter realizes that, okay, you know, my friends and family are going to be terrorized. I've got to take them in. So, you know, his identity's out there. So it's public knowledge that he's with Mary Jane, so he's got to take Mary Jane. He takes Joe Robbie Robertson. He takes uh, J. Jonah Jameson, Aunt May. And, you know, those were really about the mainstay characters I think I would use. Well, no, I would take Betty Brant, I guess, but not that it would matter. Hmm. Now, the tough part for me was there is no Spider-Man Fortress of Solitude you know and does he take them to avengers mansion well no because the he's avengers avenger, you know he's not at an that avenger point, no. and plus you know you don't want the avengers there to take all of this so basically i guess for lack of a better term he's like hey we're all on the run you know so he just he just takes them out wherever they can and they're constantly kind of in travel you know hotel rooms to you know to whatever the next best thing they can do
0: i think uh not to cut you off but my 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 fork there would be that he would take him to the Baxter Building. I think he has. A, I thought about that. A good enough friendship with Johnny and and the Fantastic Four that he would. I mean, I, I'm not saying he's taking all those people either. I would be just Mary Jane and, and Aunt May. Yeah. Well, no, and I agree.
1: And I thought about the Baxter Building just because it's a good choice. But again, I was like, well, shoot, you're gonna have the Fantastic Four there. You know, so does it? just one of those things where it's like, well, you know, I've got my secret access card. Conveniently, <laughs> the Fantastic Four and the Negative Zone, nobody can call. So, okay, I'll steal it. I'll steal it. So, all right, fine. He takes them to the Baxter building. Oh, no, you can know. have them. On the no, I'll, oh, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll take that. Because the run, you know, who's going to care about some, you know, stupid hotel room getting destroyed, <laughs> you know. But there will be a big moment where we do see Aunt May's house get destroyed. Mm-hmm. That's a very vital moment because that's when Peter realizes, wow, these people are playing for real. They're not playing around. So, yeah, okay, I like that. No, so they're going to be there, you know. Now, in this part, we're, we're finally at that point where the Legion of Superheroes appear, you know, and they're like, all right, here we are, here we are, we're here. And, of course, you know, with the idea of the Spider-Verse playing out, I thought that'd be cool. So, I, um, Spider-Man 2099 shows up, and he's going to basically be the farthest line of Spidey down the road and you know and i, I don't want to steal your idea but we've we've already crossed <laughs> ideas so. but he shows up with um ben, with with May right with May May Day right you know and so this is that bittersweet moment where it's like oh my god i'm i'm going to be a father my my daughter's going to inherit my legacy this is awesome but at the same time this is horrible you know because it's like what we're going through and all these things and you know miguel is like well, Miguel o- O'Hara, who's Spider-Man 2099, he can't necessarily be like, look, I can't tell you the out because you have to go through this in order for May Day to happen. But he says, you know, don't worry. And he's like, I need to give you this, um, you know, the, these special lenses. And he notices that the lenses change color a lot, you know, and it's like, well, they change and they change when I get towards certain things. They kind of mimic that ability. That's weird. But I don't know exactly what that means. And, of course, Peter Parker's like, what the hell, Miguel? Why won't you just tell me what's going on here? And Miguel's (laughs) like, I can't. But I wanted your daughter to see you at your prime because she's of a crisis of her own. You know, she feels like she's about to do the classic throw the costume in the trash can and walk away in the rain. (laughs) But she needed to see her father was a hero at one point. So then they vanished. And you know, of course, then we just got Spider-Man sitting there crying, and you know, he's got those those special eye lenses. What do they mean? And there you go. So that ends my first
0: issue. So I, I, I you say we bring back we're, we, we 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 cross over on Mayday Parker, May Mayday Parker. However, you're doing Mayday Parker from the future. I'm doing Mayday Parker from alternate reality, mm-hmm. like the one that is part of MC Two uh, Marvel Comics Two, because that's not supposed to be. I mean I don't know I didn't set mine in a certain time time period like right, you right. did. You put yours exact same time period as yeah, I put mine in eighty six Marvel Right. So mine has in 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 the six one six universe that I think I know, uh Mayday Parker is dead. That that baby yeah, died. That's right, okay. So so in this alternate universe, the Anex Ooh. gets Mayday Parker to come over to explain to, to Peter and once he, Peter realizes this is supposed to be his daughter, this is a grown-up version of the baby that he lost. Right. He so he would be. He, she she is there to explain that there's a disturbance. There are things there. There Peter Parkers across dimensions are 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 disappearing. I guess is the best way to put it. Right. And uh, she can't. She doesn't. She can't give him the information that she needs because she doesn't know it. But she needs the needs that Peter Parker to know that. He's important he's the import- he's an important Peter Parker in the dimensions, and that he needs to stop whatever it is, and then they leave
1: I like that and actually i <clears> gotta <throat> say i like i think your bittersweet moment is 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 better I like that because you know it's it, with my May Day, it's hopeful that okay, we'll have this Sunday. yours is that reminder that we won't
0: have you this. won't have that
1: oh good that, <laughs> that, that's the heartstrings. I like that good, good Points. points. <laughs> all right so issue two opens up you know peter is putting the 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 baxter building on massive lockdown we don't want anything going on at all and sure enough here comes some big old spider slayers landing down and we're thinking to ourselves okay well what's going on you know why is this happening this way and then of course you hear the goblin glider and that classic laugh (laughs) and doc ock steps out of one of those spider slayers so that by my count is five and six. Uh oh. Uh oh, big time. Big, big time. Big, big villains. So that's when they realize, okay, you know, it's it's about to happen. And Doc Ock, you know, he's to a point where he could care less and this Green Goblin is just as crazy as Green Goblins are issued, except for Phil Erick. <laughs> For a little while. <laughs> So anyways, we see them show up, and you see Spidey trying to do his best to lock it down. Now this is where I'm going to take a neat little cue. Why could the heroes not show up to help? That's because once Doc Ock got in the building, he transports the the Baxter building into the negative zone. Ooh. So that, that's my little dome over the Fortress of Solitude, why no other hero could come in. Because at this point, we don't know where the Baxter building is. We know it's the fan- or the negative zone, but but no, not necessarily get that. So they can't, like, oh crap, where did it go? How do we track this? And Reed is, you know, he's out of Wi-Fi. He can't hear anything.
0: <laughs> so that's what I've got going on there. Go for yours. What do you got? Okay, so at this point in the the, the uh, man, whatever happened to the man of tomorrow story, you would have uh, what did you say was was happening? Uh, you'd have uh, the the Legion of super yeah, villains so yeah, you got the right? Legion of super villains. They they've come. But yours is the, the Christianite man.
1: Yeah, so I'm I'm playing up the six.
0: <clears throat> so I would have. Uh, I, I have. I guess I, I don't know I have Luther or not Luther, but Norman and Carnage attacking. I don't have a whole legion. I don't have a whole group of, of villains attacking. Right, right. But you do have Peter having to defend Aunt May and uh uh Aunt May and uh Mary Jane against Carnage Green Goblin. I mean how crazy of a villain is that? Right. <laughs> Car Carbinj? I don't even know the name Car- it's so Carblin. Carblin? <laughs> so uh, you know, he's doing everything he can, but knowing that it's it's a symbiote, but Carnage Symbiote is also a little different than Venom symbiote. Oh god, yeah. Leagues, <laughs> leagues different. Yeah. So everything he's doing is is hurting not hurting them, but eventually he, 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 he gets so frustrated he webs up uh like it's 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 um, Reed's lab because it's in the Baxter Building. So he webs up a whole bunch of glass, glass beakers, glass you know test tubes, all that stuff, and he he throws it right at at the Carnage Building. And Carnage, being Carnage, separates so that it can go through, but can't separate uh, it Norman's separate body. Norman. So all those shards of glass just go right into Norman, and that's when you have the death of Norman. But Carnage is still. Hosting that hosting body. Hosting that yeah. body, yeah.
1: And I like that, because that's how normally Norman originally died. He had the goblin glider impale his chest. Into his chest. So that's kind of <laughs> cool. That's a that's neat symmetry. I
0: like that. So, uh, I mean, that's basically where I'm at there. And all this is happening, wh- wh- for whatever reason, the, the Fantastic Four aren't there. They're off doing their adventuring yep. that they, they want to do. Oh, I like um, that. But the, the building itself starts to manipulate. It starts to... Uh, almost separate from reality. Ooh, okay. I'm not putting it in the negative zone, but that's what that's what's happening.
1: All right, I like that. Um, one tidbit I'm going to throw in there. So I, I want to have the big sit down with Jay Jonah Jameson and Peter oh, Parker. Oh, so I they, didn't. I they, didn't have that. They, they have that. So this is where you know they're going to finally come in. And it's funny because Superman uses a big word. You know, he says, "I wish I'd explain. I wish I hadn't been such a coward." But this time we have J. Jonah Jameson is like, you're a coward. You're a coward behind a mask. You never came forward. You should have. You should have stepped forward. You could have been a great, amazing hero. And instead you were just this creepy webbed crawler. You know, you've ruined my company, my legacy, and you're not even going to have a legacy that comes out of this. So it's kind of like a real sad, bashing moment. But luckily Robbie shows up and, you know, Robbie does a good job of making it better. You know, it's kind probably like, would hey, be the version of, yeah, of Perry. You know, White. He's going to be the better, yeah. So he's kind of like, "Hey, Pete, you know, it's I've always been proud of you. I always knew, you yeah." Know, his reporters, I Ed would, instance, Robbie, yeah. You know? And even Jonah himself, but you know, Jonah's a little weird. So I would, our, I right. would always
0: say Jonah in the very back of his mind knows, but he'd rather be the 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 voice that that puts down Spider-Man, oh, yeah. whereas, whereas at the same time bring up Peter Parker.
1: Yeah, exactly. But I, you're gonna see why in a moment. Oh. Yeah, yes. Go, keep going. (laughs) So, anyway, so, you know, Pete and Robbie have that big moment. And then, of course, while everybody's sitting around trying to figure out what they can do, you know, MJ and Aunt May are kind of in hiding. So, we got this going on. Now, all of a sudden, you know, out of the, 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 the Spider Slayer, we have these animations and these clones coming out. So that's how I get to have my villains come back again because, you know, here they are. (laughs) So while they're attacking and fighting and whatnot. So the only runs who really kind of go up and fight would be Mary Jane and Robbie, you know, because Jonah doesn't know what to do. He's kind of an old man and Aunt May is an old woman, so she's not going to know what to do. So while they're doing that and all these things. So, of course, you know, uh, MJ and Robbie are getting weapons and they're doing everything they can. And they're they're fighting him off, and they're doing a great job, and they finally destroy the Spider Slayer, and in that big moment, of course, you know, that's when we're going to have, you know, like, alright, you know, this is going to be the last moment, we have uh, Alistair Smythe, you know, his last version of himself, his last clone, attacks, and that's when Robbie takes the clone and just flings himself out into the negative zone and here they go leaping out of the building with no protection you know no anything now i think we've probably had it that they could survive out there but this is where they take that big long fall into nothingness so of course that kind of crushes pete because it's like wow it's a fate far worse than death you know so he's kind of hurt by that you know so now he's lost some of his friends Um, As the battle continues, finally Doc Ock is in there, and he's terrorizing Aunt May and all these things. And this is going to be a big moment. Aunt May finally has the heart attack. She's just so stressed. And, you know, remember, she was Aunt May. She was old. Not like the Aunt May we have now, who's like two seconds older than Pete. You know? Isn't it funny when you think about the movies, how Aunt May is hot now? You're but like, it's
0: Marissa Tomei. Wait, oh, you, gotta, you gotta take into account that you're older now, too. Marissa Tomei is old. What are you I mean, talking she's not about? She's old, old, but she's not. She is older. She's still in high school. <laughs> Tom Holland is pretty young compared to Spider-Man where Spider Man became a kid. He's younger than Toby (laughs) (laughs) No, it's true, and
1: I I get you there. But anyway, so yeah, Aunt May finally finally dies, and this is what sends Spidey over the edge. He just beats the crap out of Doc Ock, rips the arms and all that off. And then he turns around to his surprise, and who does he see? The Green Goblin. And of course, the Green Goblin does the big supervillain speech, you know, like, I've been there from day one. I've been orchestrating this whole damn thing. Well, wait a minute. Historically... Norman Osborn and Green Goblin haven't been there from day one.
0: What What a twist! Who's been there since day one?
1: Who's been there since day one? Well, not necessarily Amazing Fantasy number 15, but Amazing Spider-Man number one. So, now do you want me to just finish off my story? Yes, go right in. So, this is the big moment. So they're tussling and they're fighting. And Spider-Man, you know, as far as he's concerned, they have been around since day one. You know, they have been around since day one. And... You know, there the of course, you know, the Green Goblin's got his gun, and this is with, you know, the anti-serums. You know, this is what's going to negate powers, because, you know, the Jekyll came up with this stuff. And he's like, I'm going to take away your powers, and I'm going to make you live in a city that is crushed because of your negligence, because of your stupid, you know, super heroics and all that crap. So you're not even going to be a hero. You're just going to be a man who has to face the fallout. And Spider-Man's just like, what the hell? No, this is ridiculous. And so they're fighting, they're fighting, they're fighting. And finally, the mask comes off because you know that happens in these fights. And there it is, Jay Jonah Jameson's face. Wow! Right? And you're just like, whoa! And then Pete just immediately falls to his knees. You know, he's just like,
0: what? So the man that cre- that helped create yeah, the, the menace, the well, yeah, he helped know. created the Scorpion. Yep. He the Scorpion, the, 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 spider the, slayers. the Spider Slayers, all that stuff. Finally, has gone take the last step. Yeah, it he became took the, the last step. But that's when all of a sudden
1: something's something like, Pete just can't believe it. You know, He's like, no, 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 it can't be, it can't be, it can't be. Because, of course, you don't want to believe that, right? Something doesn't seem right. Things are <laughs> changing. And then he thinks about it, those goggles. So he makes a mad dash for it, and he finally gets them, and he puts them on, and what does he see? It's the chameleon. Oh. Because that's been the first Spider-Man villain. I did not realize yep. that. Yeah, Chameleon, Amazing Fantasy number one. So now Pete's just like, it was you this whole flipping time. You've manipulated <laughs> everything, so they're fighting, they're fighting, they're fighting. And, you know, as it goes. Now Pete doesn't mind, you know, like when, when, when Norman died, it was because of an accident. But this time, the whole stress of it, losing Aunt May, watching Robbie die, you know, the Daily Bugle's destruction, his identity exposed finally something does get to him and he doesn't realize his own strength and he does he just savagely beats the chameleon to death and that's when he finally realizes like oh i'm not heroic like i thought i was and that's why mayday had to come because she had to see spidey at his last heroic moment so that's where that that whole thing comes to, and he realizes that He was like wow that's what that gift from the future was and he realizes that i with great power comes great responsibility and i haven't an acted responsible so i don't deserve great power so, you know, with, with the looking back at MJ, you see him zap himself with that serum. Now he no longer has powers. And all of a sudden, you know, the Baxter building kind of goes into like, full alert, full alert. And it's, you know, it's teleporting itself back to New York proper. Well, what happened? Where did Pete go? Did he make it? Did he not make it? And Mary Jane's the only person in there. And, you know, she's there. And, you know, she's pretty much the only survivor. <laughs> so what happened and she says all i saw was he injected himself and i didn't find him you know i don't know if and of course to add credit to the story because i didn't have the baxter building i would have parts of the building are missing so maybe he fell out or maybe he just didn't make it with the parts of the building that came back so she doesn't know so peter parker spider-man died that day and here we are 10 years later and then of course you know her husband comes home now this is going to be the tough part and i i wanted to decide on a name And I guess the best thing I could come up with was here comes Ben Murdoch, you know, and he walks in. He's just like, "Eh, are you talking about that egotistical teenage hero? What What a punk, you know, that J. Jonah Jameson was right. God rest his soul. There was a true hero that never got a fitting end. And so they take off, you know, and the reporter's like, wow, well, thank you for sitting down having this report with me. And then, of course, you know, here comes, you know, Ben back in the room with their daughter May Day, you know, and and it's all cute and whatnot. And, you know, and she's got her little toys. But you do see, you know, she just miraculously bends like a piece of metal. And it's like, <laughs> wait, how does a baby have super strength? And, oh. You know, then MJ brushes off the reporter. They call it a night. And there we see Spidey. You know, and, and, and I, I kind of I, I think it'd be funny, but it wouldn't make sense with the powers. But when you see the door closing instead of the wink, you kind of see the head popping down from the top, kind of like in a little Spider-Man fashion where he's, you know, because he can stick to walls, he's popping his head. But it wouldn't make sense with the power. So I'd probably just steal the little wink. And, you know, there he goes, winking away. And it's like, all right, I've, I'm not Spider-Man anymore. I get to finally live the life I want because I have a different responsibility because I have different powers
0: okay well it's pretty good uh i like i liked the chameleon twist there at the end i was uh i mean i used him earlier on but uh, uh i think uh you know as as a as a big reveal that that works out pretty well yeah well it was just it was tough because you know Mix,
1: mr mizgoplick you know like how do you how do you top that you know how yeah, do you do that's that it's pretty hard and it's funny because it's like definitely i say Mixie is like the number three villain you because know, it is. It's always been Superman Brainiac. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here's that one. And so I thought to myself, Well, Chameleon, he was the first. He was the first villain and you know, and he has screwed Spidey over. Like I remember, you know, there was one where it's like, you know, the chameleon was like, Oh, well, let me make this Spider Man suit and he's got a web gun and then he goes in and he's cashing all these checks that Spider Man should have got <laughs> and so he's always been a pain in the neck and you know, he, he never really was deadly deadly. But this is that moment where it's like, all right,
0: it's it's for keeps, because well, that's what happened to the web wonder. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, as where I left mine off at was, uh, you know, Carnage is still alive, but the, but Norman is dead underneath, um, which you know will will last for a little bit, but not too long because he, it is a symbiote; it needs yeah. a, a live host. Uh, and but so at that time he um, it, it starts to it starts to uh, thrash out. You know, because yeah. it's dying. Yeah, and one of the the tendrils, whatever you want to call it, gets kills Mayday or not Mayday, uh, Aunt May. Ooh! So there goes Aunt May. God, I at least gave her a heart attack. You're a savage. <laughs> oh, <no>. <laughs> you <laughs> pierced her. Yeah, that's right. Got <laughs> her right against the, the wall, didn't you? <laughs> uh, so, in his fury of of anger, he he grabs the most toxic chemicals he can find and. Uh, Reed Richards' laboratory and throws it right at his feet. Explosion. Thus, ending of carnage. Ooh, nice.
1: So Yeah, he just destroys that symbiote. All All together. All right. Uh,
0: But, as I said, the building is starting to unstick from reality. Right, right. And that's when you get the shadow starts to open up and you see who's the one that's been manipulating everything. Who is the one that's been... Who's your mastermind? Who's been manipulating the web... Oh. <laughs> around Spider-Man and Peter Parker. Uh, it's it's Madame Web.
1: What? Right?
0: What? A character that you really... I, to me, I really don't know anything about her. And I, I really feel like she's always there trying to... Uh, like, she's supposed to be a good character helping Peter Parker along the way, but... What for? So What's you just turned you? her into Zoom, you know. She's like the <laughs> hunter's all. Like, she is. She... I'm gonna make you a better hero by taking everything. <laughs> <laughs> so she—that's exactly kind of what I was doing. She, she's making him better so that his spider essence can be stronger and as all the Spidermans of the different dimensions got stronger, she then takes takes their essence away and makes herself stronger so that she's a better uh dimensional being, whatever you want to call her. Right. Ooh. So, so <laughs> as he as she's doing that, you know, she he Spider Man Peter Parker doesn't know what he can do. How do you defeat something like that? Yeah literally having to steal from uh, from the the whatever happened to the man of tomorrow, he he opens a negative zone uh, portal, but right in her chest. Oh, what is with you in this? <laughs> because...
1: I feel bad for the guy who's <laughs> got to draw this because you're like, everybody dies in the chest. <laughs> it's true. I guess I, I come up with something better, but... No, but I like it. it, 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 it you'd have to split her. Right, thing. so, but you
0: can't... She's constantly with... It. She's So she's almost like she's in a state of, of being alive and being dead at the same time. Right, because be- there's a portal opened up in her chest, but she can't do anything about it. So, her power being, you know, extra-dimensional, and there's a the fact that there's a portal, it starts to create a singularity in the room. Ooh. Peter Parker having to do the last thing he can to save the one person that he loves that's still alive, throws MJ out the window... webs her up, you know, webs up a a thing to catch her, and she's outside, and the whole room sucks in with its itself. Right. Thus the death of Peter Parker. Gotcha. Later on when she's telling the story to uh, Phil Oreck in my storyline, that's when uh, her husband, Riley Franklin, shows up and you know using kind of the Ben Ben Riley story story name that he already had it's Riley Benjamin Franklin uh, you know so right. <laughs> they have their they might even have their own i didn't put in that they had a kid of their own uh at that point or not so i don't know how we could get the little this is supposed to be peter parker other than the fact of the name and uh you know he his little wink is that well his character had lost his legs in bo- in the in the singularity implosion. Gotcha. So he has fake legs that have a Fantastic Four brand on them. Oh, so Reed still helped him out. Helped him out. Alright, I like that. Whether or not he lost his powers, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do that. That's <laughs> for you to decide, true believer. There you go. <laughs> so there's my story. There's your story. You know, uh, it was a very interesting one. I mean, to try and come up with the last Spider-Man story. Oh. Uh, if you can conjure up your Alan Moore part of your brain. <laughs> uh, how do we get sadistic? <laughs> and not hurt yourself. <laughs>
1: I uh, grew a beard for this episode. <laughs> That's dangerous stuff, growing beards. <laughs> I will shave immediately. <laughs> uh,
0: how did you feel about both of them?
1: Well, I liked it. I, I um, like For me, the challenge was keeping the villains to six. Because I was like, okay, well, Superman, you know, the Legion of Superheroes, the Legion itself is massive, but the Legion of Supervillains has always been three. Mm-hmm. So you had the Legion, the Kryptonite Man, Luther Brainiac, Mizarro, prankster. I mean, you had a, a big rogues gallery. And I was like, oh, man. And there were. There would have been so many great moments. You know, how does, how does the scorpion bite it? And I was thinking about those. I was like, oh, man. But, again, I really wanted to play with the Sinister Six. And I felt bad because I didn't get to use all the classic members. I just had to use what kind of mirror know, I was like, well, Alistair Smythe is a toy man of a sort. You know, uh, Mysterio is, you know, a prankster of a sort. So I was like, okay, well, those, those characters model each other. So this one was tough. This one was tough. Um, you know, there were tidbits where it's like, oh, I want to have Gwen Stacy there. You know, and in, in modern comics, that's easy because we have Spider Gwen, so mm-hmm. she easily pops up and just like, hey, not a problem. <laughs> you know, but then we have a ton of spider-based people. You know, so it's it, it it's tough in its own regard. So I mean, it was it was definitely it was a tougher challenge than I thought. I had some ideas in my mind, I, I, I nixed them and whatnot, but I liked yours. Um, Yours really takes me to, like, a 1990s Spider-Man. I like that there's a nostalgia (laughs) factor to it because, well, you know, that era of Spider-Man, you know, like, with the symbiotes, that's a cool-looking visual. Like, I'm like, wow, Norman wielding the Carnage symbiote. (laughs) You know, like, I'm just trying to picture the face. Like, I can picture the Carnage face, but then it's going to have, like, a weird little hat molding at the top, (laughs) you know, that goblin look to it, and it's like, you know, and – like wow that thing is gonna and it's it's gonna be tough because part of what helps the symbiotes is the mental the mentality of the host you know that's why carnage was way deadlier because cletus cassidy was a serial killer and eddie brock was just an angry guy
0: yeah it's just so i more, mean can you imagine like yeah
1: so putting that in norman who is both those things Hole, <laughs> wow, you know, and then you got Goblin formula, and you know that's something you can play with too. You know, like, well, how does the go- the Goblin formula inside the body affect the nature of the symbiote? Because like, I remember there was a what if where they had like, what if the symbiote possessed the Silver Surfer? Oh, we're done. Power cosmic. <laughs> we're done. Yeah, the Power Cosmic latched onto Carnage. Well, you
0: know, things. I did have I did have a moment there in my story where I thought maybe I would do the um, uh, the psychosis of of, of Norman Osborn with the power of the, the, the Green Goblin serum behind it was too much for the carnage to be it even like to ah, the point where the carnage should be, it would be it like it just implodes itself I can't take this
1: <laughs> it just I see Norman Grant standing like ah ha, ha. all of a sudden it just melts it's like yeah you burned out the nervous system on that thing <laughs> yeah you know, whack job um, I will say I didn't see Madam Web I didn't see that coming you know, and that's neat because it does take, you know... Because, you know, comparing it to Zoom, but I I find that flattering. I hope you find that flattering. Cause, oh, I mean, I, you I, know, wasn't, I didn't take it as an insult. Yeah, but I, I think that's neat. And it's like, well, okay, if we're talking Spidey's across the universe, the, the multiverse, all right. that fun stuff, it's like, yeah, you know, and it typically comes down to it's our Peter Parker's the best Peter Parker. Of course. So yeah, <laughs> So it's like, all right, you know, she's got to, like, toughen him up. She's got to, you know, like, yeah, you... You know, because could you imagine? Could you imagine a Spider-Man without an Aunt May? No, you know, and it's like,
0: what if 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 Aunt May died instead of Ben Affleck, or Ben Affleck? Uncle Ben, <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Ben Affleck died. <laughs> was he better off for it? I don't know.
1: <laughs> for all the Ben bashers, that's your episode. No, but I, I think they have, and and he was, he was a bit, he was darker, he was more right. rebellious. So it's one of those things where it's like, well, maybe he'll tap more into the spider because of that. So that's neat. That's got a lot of pathways it could explore. So I like that. I, I, I think it's neat. It, it, it is funny because it does seem like Spider-Man of the future does kind of, he has the Hawkeye curse. Mm-hmm. You know, every time we see Hawkeye or Green Arrow in the future, they, they're they blind or they've lost an eye or an arm. Or limb, Spider-Man is like, up. Oh, you're going to lose a leg. And you <laughs> took both. <laughs> I took both of them. He can't even be the one legged man in an ass kicking contest. <laughs> so I like that. It, it had some good moments. Um, Your Robbie death was way. That's awesome. Not that I'm saying I want to kill Robbie, but I mean, (laughs) that would have been like that. To me, it's like there's a couple of deaths that matter in the Peter Parker world that we've met, you know, after he became Spider Man. And Robbie would be the biggest one. Like, that's. To me, that's Commissioner Gordon. You know, Robbie is Commissioner Gordon. So when he sees that box open. I think right there you really do have the death of Peter Parker, not the death of Spider Man. That's the death of Peter Parker mm-hmm. right there. So that's that's a big touchstone moment. So I liked that. I thought that was really cool.
0: Well, uh, thank you. That's that, that's our stories, folks. Um, it's my turn to throw out a challenge. Then dun dun dun. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, as always, mine's are mine are a little bit more uh, uh, on the newer side of storytelling. you trying to call me old here? No, no, I'm not trying to call you old. I'm just, I'm just silver t- age. You, you, know, you know more of the silver age than I do. I, I think me pulling out Craven's Last Hunt the last time was probably the, the oldest story that I could have thrown out there and come to find out I didn't even know that story. <laughs> That's the first story you picked that could vote. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I'm going with the newer story still. <laughs> I am going with uh House of M. How how would Ooh. the House of M fall out in uh the DC universe. I like it. And all the way from uh you know the beginning where there's a, a world of of mutants that are in power either politically and structurally and you know, uh, literally, <laughs> to uh, the point where we have to erase that world, and there are no more mutants. Whatever, no more whatever mutants. that means. No more, whatever DC. That. <laughs> we'll just call it New Fifty Two, and we'll see. No more legacies. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll leave that to uh, Jeff Johns and Dan Didio to, to get rid of legacies. Well, no, I think they're bringing it back. Rebirth. Good, good. Rebirth, good. Is Rebirth is going to bring it back.
1: It's gonna do it.
0: Uh, but that's all we have For this week uh, folks um, What did you think Of our stories You know Did you have uh, Some of your own That you wanted to throw in there Some of the Some of the parts That you didn't think That we did well enough uh, We'd like to hear from you I'm on Twitter At At agent Underscore Of the Underscore Bat uh, Chris is under Is on Twitter as st- At stuff Stuff I, sh- I should say should, I should being say. S-H-U-D And uh, you can reach Geek Elite Radio At Geek Elite Radio On Twitter Geek Elite Radio on Facebook is uh, where we do a lot of the, our discussion, and the community there is the the biggest. And you know, we pose questions of whether or not these two people would, if they were to fight, the, who would win. These groups, we we, we kind of go a little bit further than just uh, who would win in a fight. Uh, I know we've thrown out rock battles and uh, who's the faster driver, and, and which some uh, different. You know, it's not always comic books, which is cool. Yeah, a okay. lot of a lot of neat little things to play. <laughs> so uh, if you have questions or if you have challenges, send them send them our way. We can you can also uh, go check out our website at or it's geekleetradio dot com and uh, you know see some of our archived podcasts. Yeah, go back and listen to the back issues. <laughs> <laughs> the back issues. That's a good point. That's a good way of putting it. Uh, but until then, this has been Imagine If on the Geekleat Radio Network. Saying always remember to geek out thank you we now return you to your regularly scheduled program